0: Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Jeremy Thomas. Today we have a small taste, an appetizer, a short snippet of one of Jeremy's recent teachings covering the key point, key lesson, or key doctrine from that sermon. It's a short, easy to digest, and encouraging sample from a bigger lesson. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, we will not be looking particularly at nature But nature is obviously distinct from man in the Bible because man is made in God's image and nature is not made in God's image. So man is a unique thing. Man is not nature. Um, He is created to be Lord over nature. And we'll see what all that means. So, inside of the box where we are as finite, limited creatures, uh, you find man. And man is taught in the Bible to be made in the image and likeness of God. So let's look at Genesis 1. 26 through 28, let's look at these verses. This is the sixth day when God created man and animals. Um, A whole lot is said in these three verses that we're about to read. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, which would be nature, In verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So clearly, in at least two of those verses, Uh, He stated that man is to be made in the image and likeness, verse 26, and in verse 27, image. So these two terms, image, image is the Hebrew selim, which means I think the easiest way to communicate to anyone is a reflection. If you ever looked at yourself in a mirror or you've looked at yourself in a pond, you have seen your reflection. The reflection is not you, it's lesser than you, but it does resemble you. That is the concept of the image of God. We are the reflection of God. We are not God. Um, we are less than God, as an image is less than the real McCoy. And so that is the concept of image of God. It's not far from the other word. The other word is likeness of God, used in verse 26, which is the Hebrew demut, which means something like a shadow. So if you've been in the day and the sun is out and you look and you see your shadow, you say, that's my shadow. It's not me, but it is. it does resemble me. It is my shape. And that is the concept that's very similar, of course, to a reflection, right? Um, it is something that resembles you, but is obviously lesser than you. It's not you. Uh, so this is the way that the Bible has set out to describe how God created man. Image, that is a reflection and likeness, that is the shadow. We are the reflection and the shadow of God, okay? Since we are the image or reflection and shadow of Him, then we must first know Him, right? To know what the reflection or shadow is like. And again, that's why we started with Him. Now we have looked at His attributes. If we are made in His reflection and His shadow, we are his shadow, then we ought to have things in us that are similar to, but obviously not the same as, his attributes. So here we are trying to say, okay, who am I? How did God create me? What qualities do I have? So, on the left, we have God's attributes. On the right, we see them reflected in his shadow man. So God, we said, is sovereign, meaning he is the total or absolute ruler over the universe. Man is ruler, ruler of the earth. God is sovereign ruler over the universe. Man's rule is limited to the earth. He was created in God's image to do something like what God does, which is rule, but on a finite scale, limited only to the earth. Okay? So you can already begin to see the purpose of man is tied up with who we are as made in the image of God. So our purpose is tied into who God is in his own essence. Now, he's also righteous, which means that he is morally pure and he is, his character is the standard for what's right and wrong. We have something that is a corollary to that or a reflection or shadow of that in that we have conscience, the conscience which tells us this is, it's a sense of what is right and what is wrong. Uh, just, God is always fair in judgment. He doesn't play favorites or as we heard in Deuteronomy, he doesn't take a bribe, right? He doesn't take a bribe. Uh, man also in his conscience has a sense of what is fair. These two are closely related then, righteousness and justice, because they both relate to the human conscience, which we have, which let me point out very soon, is something that is immaterial. The conscience is not material. It is immaterial. And so when we come to look at the constitution of man, we will see that man is basically two parts. Okay, He's basically one part material and one part immaterial. So as you think about who man is and the things that you possess, such as conscience, you will want to recognize that that is something that is immaterial, Okay, because that's a part of the immaterial part of man. Uh, The fourth attribute of God is he's loving, meaning he gives himself freely to others. And man also has love, right? We give ourselves to others. Fifth, God is omniscient, meaning he knows all things, actual impossible that a being of his nature can know. And knowledge is what man has, and that means that we can know some things. We cannot know all things, but we can know some things. God is omnipresent, meaning he is completely present in his being at all places. Man is, uh, has a characteristic of space, meaning we completely take up a limited space, the space that you're sitting now is all the space that you exist in. You do not exist outside of that space, um, nor do I exist outside of the space that I am in. And you and I cannot be in the same exact space uh, because we have physical bodies and we will bump into one another. Um, God is omnipotent, meaning God has all power and is able to do anything consistent with his character. We have power, or the concept of energy, meaning we're able to do some things. We can't do all things, um, but we can do some things. Uh, There's nothing too hard for God, but there are things that are too hard for us. There are things we cannot do. Um, God is immutable, meaning that his character and his purposes in history never change. His character and his purposes never change And man has stability, relative stability. Our characters and our personalities and our purposes are relatively stable, but of course they can change. So we're not immutable. uh, But we only have a finite picture of that in like a relative stability. And then lastly, of course, God is eternal meaning he's always existed, God doesn't begin, he doesn't have birthdays and things like that. Um, um, Man is temporal, meaning we have a beginning. By the way, we don't really have an end, do we? Uh, For whether you are of the righteous, a believer, or unrighteous, an unbeliever, all will be resurrected and placed in bodies fit for one's eternal habitation, either with the Lord or separated from him in the lake of fire. So we have a beginning, but in one sense, no human ever has an end. Okay? So those, but this shows you how you can know who man is as the shadow and reflection of God. You first know God, then you look and you say, well, man then must have these qualities because they are the reflection and shadow of who he is. Does that make sense? This makes the the most sense in how to understand the image of God.